This is the Real Leadership Podcast, a conversation about getting authentic, being yourself, and not being afraid of who you are, with Mark LaBusque and Kate Bora. Good afternoon, Kate Bora here, founder and CEO of Young Professional Women Australia, and as always, joined by the wonderful Mark LaBusque, the human manager. How are you, Mark? Very well, Kate. Great to be with you again, and um, hello to our listeners. Absolutely. So today's topic, confidence, one that I'm well-versed in and have been really immersed in for the last two years, but keen to have a really good conversation with you, Mark, particularly having a bloke in the room, to talk about you know your observations. You work with a lot of clients across mixed genders, your observations around confidence. Um, confidence both in men and women, but particularly what you notice about the distinctions between men and females' relationships with confidence. Okay. Interestingly, in this space, one of the things I say when I'm in my programs is that men are just better bullshitters than women. And um, let me just give you a little bit around what I mean by that. Men just seem to exude this confidence when they walk into the room. Maybe it's around their body language or whatever. They, they tend to steal the space. They, they steal the air. You know, they do all those things that stop women from potentially getting a chance to speak and feeling it sometimes like they should just sit there and say nothing. And um, I think that impacts on confidence. The greatest example I can give you, Kate, is going for um, a new position or a promotion where men seem to be confident enough to just go for anything, even though they may well not be qualified. And I tend to find with my female clients that they they need to almost be 110% qualified before they go for it. And again, I think this is a little bit from the system that has been predominantly male-based as things go further up. So men get more confidence in getting roles. Having said that though, one of the things I'm noticing, particularly with younger women now, is their level of confidence that's increasing with a lot of the great work companies like yours are doing. And particularly organisations that are helping their women to be promoted. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Um, with our clients, we're always saying for, particularly on that, you know, the conversation around what roles you're applying for, you know, I now say for every role that you're applying for that you think you can do, apply for one that you don't think you can do. So now I, you know, we set that expectation, number one, that you'll get rejected. And so we, you know, you may get rejected. You probably will, right? If you do, if you, you're approaching things that way, there'll be times when you get a no. And so there's an expectation of that rather than a rude shock of that. And then there's the second thing happens is, of course, sure enough, you get interviews for roles that you didn't think that you necessarily had the skills, the capability, and the experience to apply for. So, you know, we kind of address that on one level, uh, but I think there's certainly, I mean, without a doubt, there is systemic biological stuff that if we go back to how we raise children, go back to the playground infant school, you know, girls are sitting around in the playground, chitter-chatting, wanting to belong and your, your big subject and being accepted. And there's a real in-group, out-group piece. And a lot of the guys are out on the oval playing soccer, playing sport, falling down, losing. So there's a lot more behavior that's forcing resiliency and kind of get on up and, and, and get on with things than what girls are experiencing. And I think there is really something in those formative years that orientate then the behavior later on in life when we are doing things like asking for progression opportunities, negotiating pay rises, where you know typically men are potentially getting better results. We're seeing a change for sure. Um, but you know, history and the research shows us that men will get better results. Yeah, and I think one of the things with that is a really good point you make around what happens at the early formative age and as we mature and get older. I think there's a big piece here in how women impact on the confidence of other women as well. And I, and I, I see a lot of that. Men tend to just get on with it, get over it, whatever's going on and they keep moving on where you know I've seen some really 
bad examples of where women are shattering other women's confidence. And now I even think about, you know, my daughters who, when they went to their formals, they would be on Facebook looking at every dress that everyone was wearing and just making comments about that. Hi, Amy and Zoe, by the way. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, I know when Sam used to go, he wouldn't be into that. But even doing those things and comparing things starts to impact on the confidence of perhaps one of those girls that's wearing a dress that everyone's going, oh, that's not very good. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we talk a lot in the book, comparison corrodes confidence. But there was an interesting question tonight. I'm speaking for the Digital Women's Network. And, you know, they asked me a question during a podcast I recorded with them, which is, you know, the impact of digital on the conversation around confidence. And I think what we've seen emerge with digital is our ability to craft a story and to present what we want to present. So we can choose what we put on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, for example. Now, there's gotta be a level of authenticity and truth with that. But what we're seeing a lot happen is people positioning the good news stories, but not necessarily positioning, you know, today I've had a really rough day or I missed out on that progression opportunity or I didn't get my pay rise. No one's posting all that sort of stuff up on Facebook. So what we start to see is an unrealistic picture or perception of what looks life looks like and then we're comparing ourselves to that and so we're comparing ourselves a little bit like you know models in magazines which is fundamentally when you talk to anyone who's worked in publishing they say it's edited to the death so every you know most of the pictures are completely not true and a, and a reflection of reality you know we're comparing ourselves or we're holding up a version of life and probably you know measuring ourselves and our success against that and it's just completely not real yeah i think again a great point social media has created such a false illusion about what what success is and what success in life is and maybe it's career maybe it's you know being in the movies or whatever it is but particularly women and they look at that stuff and they're like look at the life these people are having look at their lives look at their promotions or look at look at that amazingly handsome man or woman that they're partnering with now and they're like that's i wish i could have that and that is the thing that starts to erode confidence, I think, as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. Now, one of the illusions around confidence, and we see this with clients all the time, and um, it's actually how we came to do the work around core confidence, was you know, people would say that everyone looks at me and says I'm confident. Certainly was probably my experience in sort of the first phase of my professional career, but inside I don't feel confident at all. And the illusion is that others are confident and I'm not. We've all got a confidence story. We've all got times, and even you and I to this day, still have moments where our confidence maybe leaves us or it goes from perhaps where we'd love it to be perhaps to where we don't love it to be but what's a confidence story from your perspective mark there are many kate but let me share one from 2014. i was fortunate enough to be accepted into a program at harvard on adaptive leadership a framework that that i'm you know wedded to to today the greatest mistake i made is before we went they sent us an online version of all the attendees at the program and so I clicked on that and I opened it up and I saw these most amazing titles for people. Um, second in charge of the special forces, eminent professors. Um, I could go on forever and I'm looking at it and I was called, I think it was director of sales performance and development. And I was just looking at my photo and I was feeling sorry for myself and I was looking at my title and all of these people looked stronger than me and sharper and they looked more handsome or more beautiful. and. I remember them going, why the hell am I going to this thing? Because I'm going to get slaughtered here. I'm not going to be smart enough. I've got a great title. I don't have enough experience. I haven't really run anything that big. And I just had this moment of, oh, shit. And so 
I turned up there and that's what I carried into that room. I Early on, I was just very quiet. And I thought, stuff it, I've got to get into this. But comparing myself based on title was an absolute confidence killer for me. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, uh, lots in my, in my career. But the one that has always stood out the most is when I had to, I'd agreed a salary, a progression opportunity, and we'd done a lot in the business to cut head count, you know, there was budget for it. And I was working for someone who I really respected, who was a mentor for me. And it came time to negotiate salary. I was in a, you know, part of an all-male leadership exec team. It was a very interesting dynamic that we worked in, quite challenging, you know, it certainly challenged my resilience. And I really credit the person I am today um, because of the experience of being in that particular workplace but actually having to kind of hear the round one of the negotiations which didn't meet my expectations and you know I guess in that situation I talk a lot about this I was lucky enough I guess to be in charge of with finance know what everyone else got paid um, so I was able to understand kind of the value that was being placed on my contribution the value that was being placed on my peers and also my predecessors and it was really about going back in that next day and interestingly it was my mum who kind of I went home after I had the initial conversation and you know debriefed with her and she kind of said to me you need to go back in there tomorrow and you need to negotiate that's not good enough they'll they'll take their pound of flesh out of you you need to get you know you need to get what you deserve and you know it was very much her encouragement that made me go in and have what was an incredibly tough conversation for a number of reasons the you know respected this person beyond belief and was incredibly concerned about how I would be seen because of kind of challenging his beliefs mm-hmm. but secondly actually and you know we were talking like a 40 50,000 pay rise but to actually have the courage to back myself and say I'm worth that and I just I still remember it was a tough conversation it was adrenaline in the body it was you know almost being that heightened sense for a good 90 minutes this heightened sense of of yeah of adrenaline or or fight or flight what you know for want of a better word because i knew i couldn't not i was at a point where i couldn't back out because it was unfair and and i think what's really interesting is we see acts of confidence from people when they're in they're leveraged in those situations when they're highly leveraged and we're talking about a pretty big scenario not not kind of the everyday small acts of confidence we talk about when we talk about building confidence or reconnecting with confidence it's small staircases but i was really leveraged and i was in a situation where i couldn't but that didn't mean it felt felt comfortable for sure okay thanks for sharing that um interesting point that you made there about the impact that your mum had on that and maybe just quickly talk about how important it is to have a really good network around you when your confidence is at a, at a bit of a low. Yeah, awesome point. Interestingly, this year, we've been talking a lot about this within the YPWA network, really has become illuminated because I think people can get stuck in a bubble of their own world. And so what you're doing is, and it's human nature to measure yourself against the people around you. And I think I orientate as a strategy that the minute you go in to compare yourself to, to someone else, you need to pat and interrupt and stop and almost sense check that because it's not helpful. And there's that piece, but there's also actually, how do I do it in a really healthy and um, resourceful way so I can learn from, I can grow from. So that means I'm surrounded by people who are doing great things. That doesn't intimidate me, that inspires me. That helps me kind of figure out actually what I could do. And I leverage that as a resource. I ask for help from that, but I've also got a really good perspective piece. And I think the value, particularly of an external network, 
is the perspective piece because it's so easy to get insular. A client's called it being in my bubble and without someone who can kind of go, hey, you know what, actually you are worth that or you should definitely go for that opportunity or to, to kind of give you that little push to reinforce you, hey, you got this, you know, go for it. And I think it's incredibly useful to have people who you can, I, the language I use is that you can just balance back up against. You can kind of get a perspective check and go, okay, cool, let me check in with you. Am I on the right track? Am I off the right track? You know, am I, am I out of my depth? Or actually, am I just doubting myself? And is, and am I kind of playing an old record? And actually, if I just had a little bit of courage and I was prepared to risk it and I was prepared to fail and I was prepared to be rejected and get knocked back, what would happen? Yeah, I think one of that's a great uh, share there. Um, one of my big lessons around this, particularly, you make the point about external, you know, resources or mentors or whatever you want to call them. The words that come to mind for me are hanging around people who tell you what you need to hear, not people who tell you what you want to hear. Because sometimes the things you need to hear can sting you a bit at the time, but they will ultimately help you build your confidence. Whereas if people just keep blowing smoke up your backside, you're still internalising that, oh, that sounds really good, but that's not what's going on for me. So I think it's important that, you know, if you're listening to this, think about those people that sometimes give you a bit of tough love, but they're doing it for a good reason. They're not trying to knock your confidence down. What they're trying to help you to do is to, just to become a bit more resilient for when you're, you know, you're going for that pay rise, that promotion, that thing that you really deserve, but there's this voice saying, oh, you know, I'm not really good enough to do this or there's other people better than me. So make sure you're talking to people who tell you what you need to hear. And I, I think another one that we don't talk a lot about, and we've talked about this in past episodes, is going and having that conversation, you know, calling out the bullying and, and behaviour, calling out behaviour that's not okay yep. and being able to do that at a stage in, you know, in the relationship or in the series of conversations where it feels comfortable. It's still probably going to feel a bit scary and take some courage. Uh, but I think that's one of the acts of confidence we don't talk a lot about. But I think that's really important in terms of re-establishing and setting um, cultures in mm. organisations. And I think it's one that actually, and something I'm really passionate about, you know, the pay rise one, obviously, but also the second one that, you know, I think we've got a long way to go in organisations is around actually how are we supporting uh, women and men to have these conversations, to call out, you know, the smaller behaviours that actually are not aligned with the organisation's values are not okay to treat a human like that. So that actually those small shifts and those ultimately what we're saying is boundary setting um, starts to create really healthy, good, constructive conversations in organisations and ultimately organisations where everyone's treated as humans. Yeah, good point. One tip I was going to give um, as you were talking about, you know, surround yourself with people who will give you the good feedback give people permission to give you that feedback. You know, give them permission to say, hey, look, you know what, I'm really building my skill and capability in this area. While I'm doing that, if you see an opportunity where I could do things better, do it differently, please, please come and give me that feedback. I really appreciate it. Or even the fact of, you know, our ability to accept praise as well is there's something really crazy for us human beings around this too. So there's that thing there is permission for people to give you praise. And more importantly, Kate, permission to accept it, feel good about it, and then not be thinking, oh, that's great at the moment, but something's about to go wrong. Because, you know, we are hardwired to survive, so we're hardwired to hear bad news. Even if we get good news from people, we're still waiting for that. So when people praise you and they build your confidence up, accept it as a gift, 
rather than as a moment in time waiting for the bad thing to happen. Yeah. So let's talk about confidence builders. Obviously, in our book, Core Confidence, we've got the 10 building blocks to core confidence. But keen to hear your feedback or what are your, I guess, key ones that you think really um, can make the difference? One of the things when I talk to my coaching clients is at the end of each week is you just need to spend a little bit of time, maybe 10 minutes of reflection to go, what am I really proud of this week? What's something that I've done this week that makes me feel proud that I've done it? So, and it might be one thing or it might be a couple of things, but I think you've got to stop and reflect and and look back in that week and go, what did I do this week that will help to build my confidence? The other one is, I actually think I talk about every year now, I spend time on energizers and drainers. So who's energizing me? And again, energy comes from hearing what I need to hear. So it could be sometimes things that, are, that, that burn me a bit when I first hear them. But in particular here, the confidence killers are the drainers. These people that continually put you down. Oh yeah, you know, I know you did a great job there, but geez, it's gonna to be tough and it's gonna be harder and you need to get to this stretch and whatever else it might be. So. Just be conscious, not just in your work life, but in your personal life, is to get rid of your drainers. I do spend time on uh, early in each year writing a bit of a list of people. It's like people of the energizers for me, keep hanging around them, the drainers who drain my confidence, boot them out, move them on, mm-hmm. don't hang around them anymore. I think they're two things for me that are, that are super important. And the other one is just around checking yourself. Like, I know I've spoken at some of your events and I've really enjoyed it. And I I recall at one stage walking onto the stage and having a conversation with myself that said, some of these people are going to think you're amazing and some of these people are going to think you're no good at all and they're both right. So just accept that not everyone likes you, not everyone's going to love what you do and... That's just the way the world is. Yeah, I can echo that one. I remember our first International Women's Day conference. So uh, for those that don't know, every year we do a conference for International Women's Day. And I remember your feedback, you know, the conversation around feedback, which is, you know, you could have 100 people say something amazing and wonderful and one person says something negative and, you know, as humans we hook into that. And I remember um, this particular conference, that was a situation. And, it, you know, I went, I just... There was a kind of anti-climax because of all the energy and adrenaline leading up to the event. And so, you know, the next day I was kind of flat anyway. And typically um, that's got better in the five years since we've done it. But then kind of, you know, seeing this feedback and just, you know, went off into kind of this space. And I actually then went to my coach at the time and went, oh, this is ridiculous. The fact that I had such a strong reaction and it really hit my confidence. Um, And there was a lot of different emotions going on in that moment. But what was really fascinating for me and what came from, you know, the work I did with the client, um, sorry, my coach at the time was, okay, so, you know, this isn't about right or wrong. This is about someone's experience. And and for whatever reason, either expectations walking in, experience on the day, they've had that. So what can you learn from that feedback? How can you influence things so that we don't have people like, like that in the room that then have that experience and that was the most valuable thing because I think in those early years of you know a speaking career where you are you know fundamentally you're putting yourself on stage to be judged and absolutely some will love you some will hate you and that is just the way it's always going to be and so how do you actually reconcile with those that aren't going to like you that might then give you feedback how do you learn from that and use that to get even better at what you do and not actually take it as a confidence hit? Yeah look I think we have to take the good with the bad and because we do go to bad news and we hear that loudest you've also got to get back to the good news you know one in a hundred so 
Um, for people who might face this sort of thing, go to the hundred, have it read read the hundred stuff as well. We tend to do this in our performance reviews. We're always looking for the one little line where someone didn't like us. Stop doing that and look at the good stuff as well. Yeah, cool. Well, we are out of time. Awesome conversation. We could talk about this one, I'm sure, for hours. Um, thank you for being here. Great conversation. And um, guys, we always talk about 60 seconds of courage and taking that act of confidence comes before the feeling of confidence. So, you know, think about what's one small thing you can do today to start to reconnect uh, with your core confidence. Cool. And get real with your confidence. Thank you. Hey there, it's Mark here again. Thanks for listening to our podcast on confidence. If you liked it, why not rate it five stars? And if you loved it, please share it with your friends. If you'd like to get in touch with Kate and I, it's Kate at Young Professional Women of Australia at www.ypwa.com.au or for myself, Mark Labusk at www.marklabusk.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast and be uh, ready for some more really good ones coming up when we talk about how to keep your leadership real. And bye for now.